Welcome to season three of Motivate Me. We invite you to travel the 50 states in 90 days as we interview people about their passion. Why? In order to inspire you to live a life that's more exciting or more meaningful. This is Motivate Me, and I'm Lynette Renda. Ladies and gentlemen, today I am speaking with Darcy McKinnon and we are in New Orleans. We're in Louisiana and we are at a place called Novak. Mm -hmm. Darcy, do me a favor, before we get started and we start talking about your passion and how you ended up here at Novak, can you just tell us what Novak is? Yeah, Novak stands for the New Orleans Video Access Center and we were founded in the 70s at the advent of portable video technology and cable and cable access and we're a community media arts center. Our mission is to help provide locals with the resources they need to tell their own stories. We believe strongly in the power of storytelling and in empowering local communities and uh, underserved communities in particular to have the tools and technology they need to tell their stories. I love that, and what type of media? are you talking about? We're talking about, well, at this point, we're talking about anything that falls under creative digital media. Um, Primarily, we're talking about film uh, and video, but we also do Photoshop and graphic design and work in animation and work in a variety of formats. Um, We create education programs, training programs, mentorship programs, and resources and opportunities around technology and around storytelling. And so anything that brings those together, we're interested in. As a writer, I just love this so much. I love that people have this resource to, you know, because there's so many intelligent, genius people, right, who have really interesting ideas, and but they don't have the resources and they don't have the tools. So you're giving them that outlet and they could be very creative and just not have those, those resources during a time right now where so many people do. Yeah, I think it's, um, it's really exciting when we, when we see other people being empowered to tell their stories. Um, and whether that's uh, something that's really passion- they're passionate about and it's, it's a very personal story that they get to get across, and maybe it doesn't, you know, maybe 20 people see it, but it's important to them. Um, and in some cases, we're delightfully surprised with the, both the creative ideas that people bring and their execution. And we've been really proud to have um, films that have had a significant basis of support at Novak go on to national release and, and see major film festivals and distribution deals happen because we think that Louisianans uh, and Southerners are particularly good at storytelling and if we just help people have the technological acuity to execute on their vision, we tell the best stories. So um, we know that we'll, we'll be seen. I think that's amazing. So what exactly is your passion and how did it lead you to be the executive director here? So my, we go way, way back. Um, I studied English and film, and uh, when I left school, I started working in documentary filmmaking, and that's really where my area of expertise and what I've worked on, Um, and particularly documentaries that were, um, we call them capacity building, where they were not just about going in and taking a picture of something and then taking it away and making your own story, but they were about working with groups of people and working with them to craft the stories um, and in the process 
translating some of the skills that we have to other groups of people. So the biggest film um, that I worked on that has that, it actually just last night celebrated its 10th anniversary and was screened at uh, the UCLA Hammer Museum, which was exciting. Oh, congratulations. Um, thanks. It's called uh, Maquilapolis, and it was a working with a group of 14 women in Tijuana, Mexico, um, who are factory workers and who uh, were in various stages of, of struggling and organizing themselves to combat the significant changes that uh, globalism and factory work had brought to their, their lives, their families, their lives as workers. And um, through the process, which was a five-year process, we not only shot a film, but we also taught all the women that we worked with to shoot film and to edit. And they, um, their footage became about a quarter of the final product. That's amazing. Um, oh, I love that so much. We also were able to get them visas, and they actually tour the film now. So when the film has big premieres or is part of a festival or an organizing event, um, they actually take the film places. And so we know that it that process was uh, an important part of their professional growth as well. Um, and so that's always been a, a really valuable experience uh, for me and kind of framed how I want to work with media. And then in addition to that, I was also an educator. Um, I've done things including running a training program at a television station that was uh, staffed entirely by high school kids in Oakland, California. Um, I taught in New Orleans public schools before and after Hurricane Katrina and um, working with young people as they navigate their creative impulses and their life decisions and make uh, decisions about how, how they're gonna adult um, has been something that I've really always been drawn to. So um, I taught history as well, which connected to my love of documentary and storytelling. So all of those things have kind of always been a through line in everything that I wanted to do. Um, when I moved to New Orleans, there wasn't really much uh, action in terms of independent filmmaking. There was a very small community um, and not a lot of jobs, uh, and which is part of the reason I decided to go into teaching. Um, but what I did in New Orleans uh, and at Novak and what I've done in other places was just decide that if there was a group of people that I wanted to work with, I was going to work with them no matter what and I was going to just show up. And so that's one of the things that uh, has always helped me kind of organize how I'm going to move next in my career. Is like where are the people I want to work with and I'm just going to show up and eventually they'll start paying me. Um, so I volunteered for Novak, I did jobs for Novak, I served on the board of Novak over a 10 year period. And then in 2012, um, the executive director at the time left and they were searching for an executive director and I offered to interim and uh, found that I loved it and uh, have been the executive director ever since. Well, you know, that's what they say when you have a passion, you're willing to do it for free. Yeah. Right. Or pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> in cases, yeah. In my case. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what is your favorite memory here? You know, we, one of the things that people who know our organization well always say is they can't, literally someone said it to us last night, um, they can't believe how much we do with um, a small staff. I have an incredibly um, motivated and hardworking and flexible and creative staff of two full-time employees. Um, and we get so much done. So there's lots of memories um, we're, and we're making them daily. Uh, we just today got some photographs from a really amazing thing we did in Baton Rouge that was an ESL summer video camp, working with kids from Uganda English, and Cambodia. English as a second English language. English as a second language. So there was a group of um, about 20 kids from kindergarten to fourth grade from Uganda, Cambodia, Honduras, Mexico, 
um, who are in the process of learning English because their families have immigrated, and we were able to use video as a way to teach um, English. So making uh, flashcards that said quiet on the set and rolling and cut to practice those, uh, those words and um, also to share cultures between them. And then what they made out of it was a video postcard that's gonna be sent to a group of students in a rural um, educational group in La Conchita, Cuba. And so they're gonna start a, an exchange of videos with this group in La Conchita. That was kind of magical and amazing. Um, we do annual conferences and get-togethers. Um, one's called Sync Up Cinema. That's a combination of Louisiana culture, filmmaking, music, food, uh, and it's a big celebration every year of, of independent cultural production in, in uh, New Orleans and Louisiana. Uh, that was this April. It was amazing. It was it was really beautiful, um, and uh, the, the, the list goes on. I mean, I'm sure. I, I'm. I love my job. I love my job. What have you learned about yourself while doing this? That um, I can't do it all myself, and it's okay uh, if you have the right people. You can give it. You can give stuff to them, and they're going to help you execute your vision. Um, that was and continues to be something that I continue to have to grow on. Is is letting um, the people I trust actually have the ideas and, and, and create programs and run them and, and take responsibility for them. Um, I've learned that um, if you work 80 hours a week, every week for four years, you will eventually be too tired. And no matter how passionate you are, you sometimes have to take a Saturday and lay on the couch. Um, and that relates back to the first item, which is really finding people that you trust to be able to take responsibility. Just and this past weekend, there was, there was an event in Baton Rouge and an event in New Orleans, and um, I didn't have to go to either of them because my staff members had it under control. And that was just this moment of like, oh my gosh, I've made it. I think that leads to the part of delegating too, because I know for myself, similarly, <laughs> I just have to get too tired. Yeah. And once you're too tired, then you're like, you know what, this person is capable. Yeah. Let them run with it. And then you, that's the lesson you learned, it sounds like. But it's a balance, too, because, I mean, I feel like I have an engine inside of me that really wants Novak to succeed. Um, this organization is going to be 44 years old in two weeks. And it's not, not, it's, the ship's not going down on my watch. Um, and I want to make it bigger and better and stronger and provide more resources to the community and make more stuff and, and engage more people. And that's really important to me. And so I, that's what gets me up every morning and sometimes every single morning in a row uh, for 40 mornings. Um, and so I want to keep that passion because that's, I think, been crucial to uh, our success over the, the past uh, four years. But also, I, I think I've been smart and lucky to have hired really smart people who are on board and get it and run with it and do everything that we need to do to, to complete that vision. And so that's really, that's really, um, ex that's one of the most exciting things is the, is the notion that like when you follow your passion and you have a good idea and you, and you make it work, you're going to find good people who are going to help you throughout, and they will continue to help you make it bigger. So how has it enriched your life since you've been working for Novak? Um, my poor husband has gotten used to not seeing me as much. Um, 
But, you know, I... One of the things that's really awesome that happens is we have Novak t-shirts and when we wear them out on a shoot in the community, people come up to us and say, I used to work with Novak in 1979. I used to, I took a class with Novak in 1986. That's amazing. You guys are still doing work. Um, we are, we have a preservation department where we preserve analog videotapes and digitize them for people. And we're preserving video right now for a filmmaker from the 80s who did all his work in the 80s. And yesterday he gifted us these beautiful photographs that he's taken of jazz funerals because he's so happy with the, with the support that we've uh, been able to give him. And we've seen, uh, we have our interns here today and um, a lot of them have been able to take the skills we're giving them and turn them into paying gigs. Uh, and begin freelance careers and start working on their own, uh, which is amazing. Um, the organization's reputation and, and its public brand has improved significantly in the past 10 years, which has been really amazing to see. And I feel like we have connections to almost every kind of, nearly every niche or field or group of people in New Orleans have something to do and understand us as the storytelling support network that we are. And that's really nice to go out and see the various, uh, you know, we, we have people in, in public education that we work with and people in tech that we work with and people in visual arts and, and cultural heritage that we get to work with. And frequently we get to bring those people together and that's really amazing. So for people who are listening to you, and I mean, your passion is evident, obviously, mm-hmm. you just really are inspired by what you get to do every day. Yeah, I love it. How can you give my audience advice on how to kind of bring that same kind of excitement or meaning into their own lives? I mean, I think it's about thinking about if you didn't have to do the thing that you don't like to do every day, what would you be doing? If you if you had... I don't see ever like to think about a million dollars because you know what? Most of us are never going to get a million dollars. It's not a reasonable way to live your life, right? Uh, and if you had it, you'd probably mostly nap, right? <laughs> but imagine if you got like $10,000 or $20,000 and could and just had that cushion to quit your job, right? The, one, the job you don't like. What would you be doing? And then think about that. And then think about what it's going to take to get there. Oh, we have this amazing story. We have this um, woman we work with who works for the city of New Orleans. She's unbelievable. She's an engine of a human being. And she was a paralegal for 30 years. She had a daughter with severe autism. And so she quit her job and stayed at home and uh, raised her daughter. She, when her daughter uh, gets to be 20 and is in this really great occupational therapy program, she decides it's time for her to get back in school. She goes back for a Tulane MBA program and this woman speaks, comes to speak from the film office. And she's like, I wanna do that. 55 years old, she interns at the New Orleans film office. Within a year, they, she, they were paying her. Now she's the, what is she, the deputy of entertainment initiatives and she's a crucial team member at a high level uh, in the city's Office of Cultural Economy. And the, she just pointed herself at the things she wanted to do and, and, and went after it with Similar an enthusiasm. To you. Yeah. Similar to you, created yeah. her own destiny. Yeah. My mom created is, the life she wanted to live. Exactly. My mom, I always think of too, my mom is, I, I, I get a lot of inspiration from the women in my family. 
Um, both my mom and my stepmom are in, are highly motivated and accomplished women. And my mom in particular, she worked in customer service, but basically in a factory until she was in her late 40s. And um, doesn't have a college degree and, and probably felt limited by that. And when she was 50, she applied inside her company for an, uh, for an outside sales job and she got it. And from 55 to 65, I think she earned more than she had in the previous 25 years. And she found that sales was something she was excellent at. She traveled around the world. She, got, uh, she was the national top sales rep for her company year after year after year. They had to change the standards of the program because she had won it too many times. And that's, I think it's, for me is really important too, is like, I'm gonna be 42 this year and I love my job, but I also know from watching her and watching women like Carol that I just told you the story about that uh, there's no age limit on pointing on figuring out your passion and pointing yourself at it. We speak the same language. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what I love too is that you have the ability to guide people in driving driving towards their passions as far as storytelling. So you Novak is mm -hmm. in New Orleans as well as Baton Rouge, yep. but people can look up center similar to this in their area, right? Yeah, absolutely. If um, you want to learn more about Novak, our website is novakvideo.org. That's N-O-V-A-C-V-I-D-E-O.org. Um, and like I said, we're, we're a community media arts center. Um, there are lots of them in other cities. There's a bunch that are kind of from the generation of Novak that started in the 70s from DCTV in New York and Bayvac in San Francisco. Um, there's also in nearly every medium to major city, there's a film society or a film festival, um, which would be a great place to start, or your local arts council and arts organization would know what resources there are in town. And then just Google, yeah, Google your town and uh, community media, your cable access station. Um, all of these places, there are in nearly every city, there's a place whose job it is to help people tell stories. Um, and it may be in film and video, it may be in imagery and design or painting, and it may be in writing. Um, but those, those resources tend to exist. Um, and if not, there's stuff online too. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. My it's pleasure. really, truly been inspirational. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I have come to be known as the 50 states in 90 days lady, a concept that is unfathomable to most. If you would like me to come speak at your event about how to envision, explore, and execute a plan, or how to create a life that is more exciting or more meaningful, you can find me at MotivateMePodcast.com. And the world keeps turning and I just keep moving along. Oh.